Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. This past week was Thanksgiving, and I just kind of want to ask you, did you have a chance to celebrate the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower coming across the Atlantic? Did you have a chance to celebrate 400 years after the Plymouth Colony was established? Did you sit at your table and did you eat some dinner? Even though the COVID virus probably made this Thanksgiving feel very different from you, from the rest, were you able to enjoy and spend some time with friends and family this week? Or did you have that family member come over to your house? You know the one that I'm talking about. The one who always looks at the negative. The glass is always half empty. They can always find the bad in every situation. And they kind of bring the whole family down. This Debbie Downer, did they show up in your Thanksgiving tradition this week? Hey, can you pass them with that turkey? Oh, it looks juicy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it was all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the traffic was a disaster coming up, huh? Oh, yeah. Nothing compared to the disaster the Chinese are going through. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're still digging out from typhoon season just in time for the bird flu to take even more lives. Uh, who wants some more wine? I'd love some. Okay. Hey, do you guys think the pilgrims brought a bottle of Pinot Grigio to the first Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'll tell you what the pilgrims did bring, smallpox. It killed scores of Native Americans, ravaging their population. And that was before we got around to shattering their spirit. <laughs> Sweetheart, you look cute in that tie. Hey, you should see me in my underwear. <laughs> Did you guys get tested? <laughs> what? Well, you know, you think you know someone, then you see that Oprah about living on the down low. <laughs> I'd like to propose a toast. All right. Here okay. I'd like to welcome Mark. We're very happy that you're here. Also, I'd like us all to remember Grandma. I'm sure mm-hmm. she's looking down on us and smiling. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hope it's the version of her before she was in the grips of dementia. <laughs> Otherwise, she'd just be confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure your Grandma was a great lady and really loved, you know, most of you. Hey, could you uh, pass the stuffing? Sure. Debbie, stuffing? Hey, Frank, did you cook this in the bird? Yeah, soaks up all the juices. <laughs> also soaks up an array of harmful bacteria, creating a breeding ground for foodborne illnesses. <laughs> well, I just want to talk to you for a second about the core value at Two Cities Church that we call having fun. Today is the fifth and the final Sunday in our five-week series called At Our Core. This sermon series was designed to describe our core values. And core values, I just want to remind you, are not something that we do. They're so important to us that core values are who we are as a church. And today, we're going to talk about what it feels like to follow Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about how much 
fun Christians are supposed to have. I want you to just hear from the Bible naturally that because we are called out of our sin and into a relationship with God, let's put it this way, because he is our creator and because he created human emotion and because he created the emotion of joy or the emotion of having fun, and he called us into a relationship with him and called us his children. Christians, more than anybody else on the planet, should be able to have some fun together. In fact, I just want to put this on the screens for you to see, because if following Jesus isn't fun for you, then maybe you're doing it wrong. If following Jesus isn't fun, then maybe there's something wrong with the way that you're following Jesus. What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at one verse from the Bible. This comes out of Psalm 92. We're going to be in verse 4. And I want you to just see how much fun we are supposed to have as followers of Jesus. But I do want to set this up by saying we take very seriously at Two Cities Church the idea of having fun. You heard me right. We take having fun seriously. And here's why. Because we believe our God loves us. We believe our God has called us into a relationship with him. We believe that he knows everything about us and yet loves us anyway and invites us into a relationship with him. We believe that we are supposed to be the kind of people, if nobody else on the planet can find the good or find um, joy in our circumstances, we believe that Christians should be able to. So I've got three very simple thoughts for you from Psalm 92, verse 4. But first, let me read it for you, and then we're going to break this verse down in just a second. And here's what Psalm 92, verse 4 says. It says, For you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the work of your hands. You see, there's a couple of things that this verse really teaches us about our relationship with Jesus. But first and more than anything else, when we talk about having fun at Two Cities Church, I need you to hear this, that we are free to be who God has created us to be. You are free to be yourself. You're free to be yourself with all of your mistakes and all of your failures, and you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to hold anything back, not to our church and not to God. Now let's talk about this first for just a second because Psalm 92 was written for the people of God when they go to church. Back in the Old Testament times, when they got up and they went to the temple or they went to the synagogue, they would often sing Psalm 92. Psalm 92 is all about our relationship with God. And in verse four, I just wanna stress these two phrases. If you look at it again with me, Psalm 92 verse four says, that you have made me rejoice. It also says that you uh, that I will shout for joy. Now I want you to pay close attention to the verb tenses. Because of what God has done for us, I can rejoice. Because of what God has done for me, I will shout in the future. Now, I did a little Bible study, a little searching and preparing as I was working on this sermon, and I was searching online for sermons about fun. I did this web search, and in this web search, I could not find any sermons, not one sermon, on the word fun. 
It seemed really strange to me, so I tried it another way. And when I typed in a web search on having fun, instead of F-U-N bringing up fun, it, bring up, it brought up the word funeral. Apparently, we Christians talk about funerals more than we talk about fun. And that sounds like there's something wrong to me. So let's talk about this, what this Bible verse is really saying for just a second. Because this Bible verse is talking to us Christians about how much fun it's supposed to be to follow Jesus. The word fun, if you were to look at it in an English translation of the Bible, you'll almost not, you'll find this, this word basically nowhere in the Bible. In the Old Testament Hebrew language, in the New Testament Greek language, they don't use the word fun like we do in the English language. They use a different word. In fact, I'll show it to you on the screens. They, were, they use the Hebrew word sema. Now, the Hebrew word here can be translated merry. It can be translated glad. Or most often in the Bible, it's going to show up as the word rejoice, the word joy. And this is the idea that the original language of the Old Testament uses for having fun, enjoying our relationship with God. We're supposed to enjoy it. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to be merry in our relationship with God. You know any crabby Christians? In fact, most of us watching this stream probably know somebody who is both a Christian and generally speaking in a bad mood most of the time. And I often think to myself, there's something wrong with this relationship. If you have been invited out of your sin and called into a relationship with the king of the universe, why are you in such a bad mood all of the time? Why are you always looking at the bad in, the, in every situation instead of looking at the good? You see, when I study the life of Jesus, it looks like he was the kind of guy that had fun. He, more than any other human being that's ever lived, understood who he was. He was free to be himself, and he understood his relationship with the Father. When the religious leaders criticized John the Baptist, they criticized him because he was austere, because he avoided all of the things that other people tended to enjoy. When they criticized Jesus on the opposite side of the scale, they criticized Jesus because he was always hanging around parties, always hanging around people that were having a good time. They considered him to be a party animal in modern English language. Jesus was the kind of a man who understood eternal life and abundant life. When we use the name Two Cities Church, those two cities that it refers to are the eternal city. This is what Jesus talks about in John chapter 3, verse 3, when he says being born again and being a son or a daughter of heaven. That's one city. But if you were to go back and read John chapter 10, verse 10, the the life that God has for us is not just something that is miserable here on earth and then we wait to get into heaven and it all starts to be fun when we get to heaven. No, the life that he's inviting us into is the abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10. He says that I have come to give you life and I've come to give it to you to the fullest, to the freest, to the abund or abundant life. See, the first city is the eternal city where we have eternal life waiting for us in heaven. 
The second city that our name refers to is this earthly city where we have abundant life, free life, full life here on earth. God's people should be able to have fun because we have eternity waiting for us in heaven and we have the abundant life here on planet earth. I'll give you a quick example of this. When I was a soldier in the United States Army, each year I had to tell my boss what my goals were for the year. Now, I was a combat soldier, which means that there was stuff that I knew I had to get better at technically to understand my job. I had to get better tactically to be able to do my mission on the battlefield. I had to get better physically so that I could meet my enemies wherever I found them. But when I had to fill out my list of goals, I listed these tactical, technical, physical things. But number one on my list of goals while I was in the Army for many years was two words. My number one goal for the next year was to have fun. I often thought to myself, if I'm in the army and I can lose sleep and be freezing out there in the cold snow and didn't eat in the last several days and I'm surrounded by bad guys that want to kill me, but I can still have fun, then this is something that I will keep doing for the rest of my life. And the day that I stopped having fun, I decided it was time for me to leave the army. Because here's the truth. Life is just too short to go through it and not have fun. So I put as the number one goal, I'm getting shot at, I'm cold, I'm tired, I'm hungry, but I still am having fun. And when it's no longer fun, then I'm not going to do it anymore. I want you to know that if I can have fun under those kind of circumstances, a Christian should be able to enjoy themselves, rejoice, to be merry, to be glad, no matter what the circumstances that you find yourself. Here's the second thing, the second reason why we Christians and why we at Two Cities Church should be able to have fun, and it is because of the uncontainable goodness of God. You see, we're people that should be able to have fun, not just because of who we are and what's going on in our circumstances, because circumstances come and go, situations get better and then they get worse. No, we're the kind of people that should be able to have fun because of our great God, because of how good our God is, because we know our God has us in the palm of his hand. This is a heart situation that I'm talking about. You see, real joy, real fun, it happens at the heart level. It's not based on circumstances. And because we have this rock-solid faith, in a God who is great enough to handle anything that, that the world may throw at us, who is good enough to take care of us no matter how bad life gets, because that's the kind of God that we worship, we should be able to have fun even when life gets tough. If you were to keep reading just one more verse in Psalm 92, you would hear how the writer of this psalm tells us what it's like to have fun even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Listen to Psalm 92 verse 5 because it says this, How magnificent are your works, Lord! How profound your thoughts! The people of God, while they're at church, are shouting God's praises. They are rejoicing at who God is because they know how great he is 
and because he has been good to them. Have you ever met one of those pastors who likes to give this disclaimer, this theological disclaimer, whenever they use the word joy? They'll tell you, hey, God promised to give his people joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians says, but he did not promise to give them happiness. Look, I don't want to argue with those pastors. I I agree with what they're saying theologically, but it always feels to me a bit like a disclaimer, kind of like that disclaimer that you hear at the bottom of a commercial for medicine. Hey, this medicine can fix your itch, but there's also five life-threatening side effects that go along with it. So you won't have to itch anymore, but you might end up dying from one of the side effects, right? Well, that's kind of what it feels like when those pastors, when those theologians talk about Joy. It really feels like they're trying to qualify joy by saying, hey, you may be miserable, but at least God will be with you in the middle of your misery. You may be in terrible situations and completely unhappy, but God's going to give you joy anyway. And I often think to myself, why can't I have joy and happiness? Why can't I have joy and fun? Why do I have to have joy but can't or don't get the happiness that goes along with when they make this theological disclaimer about joy. Here's the truth. I really believe that God wants his children to enjoy him, to enjoy him in every circumstance of life and to enjoy life from time to time. I believe that the goodness of God can penetrate even our worst circumstances. I believe that our God is so good that even when you're in prison, you can find joy in your relationship with him. And even when circumstances are terrible, you can still have a happy, a fulfilled, a merry heart. I'll tell you how this, uh, some, I'll tell you an embarrassing story. When I was working on the graphics for this sermon series, I asked a graphic artist to help with those graphics, and I was talking to them on the phone about it. And I asked the, the graphic artist if they could develop individual icons for each one of our five core values. The graphic artist said, hey, can you tell me what those are? And I was on the phone, I was out and I was busy, and I said, I can just list them for you right now if you've got something to write with. And then right off the top of my head, I started listing off core value, core value, core value, core value, but I forgot one. As hard as I tried while I was on the phone, I couldn't think of this fifth core value. And I finally just got so embarrassed that I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go to my office, go to my computer, look at the list and tell you what this fifth core value is because I'm completely blanking right now. In fact, I sent a little text message. I'll put it for you on the screens about what this looks like because I sent this text message and said, I can't believe that I forgot to have fun. Would you look at this response in the text message because this is brilliant theology. What this person said is, you know what? I think Christians forget to have fun all of the time. We make mistakes. We get overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. And we're so busy. We're so stressed out. We're so worried that fun often gets pushed out of the picture. The reason why we have this silly logo for this core value of the glasses with the fake nose and the 
mustache is just to remind us when we see that it should make our hearts merry. It should remind us that God has called us into a relationship with him and we can still have fun. No matter the circumstances that you're going through right now. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe life has gotten really difficult. Maybe you are going through some physical problems because of the virus. Maybe you're going through some economic challenges because of the response to the virus. Whatever it is, I need you to know that our God is so great that you don't have to stress, that you don't have to wonder, that you don't have to bite your fingernails and be concerned about what's going to happen next, which brings me to the third And the final point of this idea at Two Cities Church of having fun, you never have to worry again. When you are a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter what happens to you in life, you have nothing to worry about. Because our great God who controls the universe loves you. And he's going to protect you and take care of you and hold on to you even in the midst of the most challenging circumstances. Read just a couple of verses farther in, further into Psalm 92. And verse 7 says this, Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. The guy who writes this psalm has his focus on God, on who God is, and what God has done for him in the past, and what God will do for him in the future. And so even when he sees great problems and great difficulties around him, he doesn't have to worry, because he knows that he's protected. He's in the palm of God's hand. You see, if he's taken care of me in the past, if God promises that he will take care of me in the future, then now the pressure's off me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to wonder about what's going to happen to me next. And I can't tell you how much of a relief it is to not have to play the what-if game. You know what I'm talking about. What if something happens to me? What if I get the virus? What if I don't survive? What if I lose my job? What if my business closes because of the fallout? What if I get evicted? What if I don't have a place to move into? What if, what if, what if? That's a miserable and oppressive way to live. Christians, you don't have to live that way. Because God has you in the palm of his hand. And not having to stress out about what's waiting for you around the corner should make it possible for us to enjoy life, enjoy our relationship with God, and enjoy the circumstances that we're in because we have nothing to worry about. The psalmist says, even though there's evildoers all around me, I don't have to worry because I know what happens next. I know how things are going to turn out for me in eternity. And I know that our God is just, so I know how things are going to take or turn out for all of those wicked people around me. If you want to read a beautiful, even more vivid picture of this, look at what the prophet Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter, chapter 3. Because he describes this in vivid detail, and maybe this is something that you need to hear right now, because maybe this is what's going on in your life. Habakkuk 3 verses 17 and 18 say this. It says, though the fig tree does not bud 
and there is no fruit on the vine. Though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and though and there were no as though there were no herds in the stalls, yet I will look at this word celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. What Habakkuk is saying, what Psalm 92 is saying is, no matter how bad things get, I don't have to worry about the future. What this prophet is describing is both economic disaster and ecological disaster. Maybe there was a drought. Maybe there was no rain. Maybe there was no crops because there was no water to produce the crops. And so there was nothing to feed the animals and the animals started to die. And if you lived in Habakkuk's day without, without crops in the field and without flocks in the field, you were basically facing starvation and bankruptcy. And this prophet says, look, if all of that happened to me, I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. He takes it a step further. He says, I can celebrate in, the, in spite of all of these difficulties because I know who my God is. And I know that he's got me in the palm of his hand. I know that he will take care of me. You see, we take having fun seriously at Two Cities Church. Because we believe it's one of the ways that we show the rest of the world what our faith is like. A really quick story, and then I'll close by praying for you. The Saturday Evening Post, this was a news magazine published in the United States for many years. The Saturday Evening Post told the story about President Charles de Gaulle of France. De Gaulle was a famous general, very successful, and then after war, the country selected him to be their president. Charles de Gaulle was selecting ambassadors to go serve other countries on behalf of France. He was getting ready to send these ambassadors out and Charles de Gaulle had a meeting with one of his ambassadors and told this ambassador, I'm sending you out as a representative. You're gonna represent me, the president, to other countries, but you're also gonna represent the people of France to other countries. Saturday Evening Post says that during the course of one of these meetings, one of those ambassadors said to Charles de Gaulle, I am filled with joy at the appointment as ambassador. And then the evening, Saturday Evening Post said this, Charles de Gaulle dryly, coldly replied, you are a career diplomat. Joy is an inappropriate emotion in your profession. Charles de Gaulle was saying, I want you to be serious. You don't get to enjoy or to have joy when you serve overseas. And I, when I read this Uh, reply, I often want to ask myself, what does it say when the ambassador of France serves as a miserable, joyless representative of the president? What does this say about President de Gaulle if the ambassador is not supposed to have joy? What does this say about the people of France if the ambassador has no joy serving on their behalf in another country. You're probably already making the connection. You see, as a Christian, you've been called out of your sin 
and you have been called into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you've also been commissioned, you've been sent out to be his ambassador. Please lean in right now and hear what I'm going to say next. What does it say about the God of your salvation? If you're always sad, always scared, always stressed out, if you're always miserable. The truth is the people that are around you who are far from Jesus, they're looking for something. But if what they see in you is just miserable, stressed out, sad, they're looking at your faith and they're trying to decide, do I want what she's got? And if you're always sad, they're thinking, you know what? I've got enough of this in my life. I don't need more. This is why as a Christian, we are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ because King Jesus sends us all over our community and all over the world as his ambassadors. It's really important that you enjoy your relationship with Jesus in the good times and in the bad times so that people will see you and they'll see that you have something in your heart that allows you to be glad, allows you to rejoice, allows you to be merry when others around you are miserable. And when they see that, they decide they want that. I want to close this short video, this sermon today, with a challenge for you. This is a holy opportunity for you to respond to what you're hearing. Maybe for some of you out there, you're hearing this for the first time and you're realizing, I don't have that kind of joy and I need it. And Jeff, my life is miserable and it's because I've made a mess of things and I keep trying and no matter how hard I try, it doesn't get better because I keep messing up. And what you're realizing is that you need some help, supernatural help. You need help on the inside to change you so that you don't keep making a mess of life. You need to step across the line of faith and become a Christian to surrender your soul to King Jesus for the first time. In just a second, I'm going to say a prayer for you. Maybe some of you who are watching this broadcast would be able to make the commitment, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know that I'm supposed to have a, uh, enjoy my relationship with Him. So this week, I'm going to find some time, whatever that looks like for you. I'm going to find a little bit of time in my schedule. And I'm just going to focus on how good my God is. And I'm going to enjoy my relationship with Him. Maybe somebody who's watching this is just stressed out by life. And worry has started to creep back in. And worry has started to push out the joy that you had walking with Jesus. And maybe what, I, what you just need is to simply say, I'm not going to stress. I'm not going to worry. No matter how desperate the circumstances feel right now, because I know God has me in the palm of his hand. I want to challenge you. Don't just hear from this short sermon today. Would you actually put what you hear into practice? Would you commit to do something with what you've heard from the Bible today? Let me say a prayer for you. And then after this prayer is over with, that will end this broadcast. Father, thank you for the privilege of being called your child, for walking with you and following your son Jesus in an intimate relationship with him. 
And God, I really hope that somebody is watching this online right now who does not know you. And they started to realize that they don't have this joy that really swells up inside their heart, that they're just kind of, life is difficult, life is a mess, and they realize it's, it's their fault because of the mistakes and their failures that life is such a mess. So God, maybe somebody would just simply cry out to you in faith right now. There's no magic in these words, but maybe they would just simply say, God, I need you. God, I'm a sinner. God, I've made a mess of things and I can't fix it because I can't fix my heart. It's because of my heart that I've made such a mess of things. So God, right here, right now, I'm turning it all over to you. I'm telling you I'm sorry. I'm telling you I don't want to live like this anymore, but God, I'm turning from my sins and I'm turning to you and I'm asking for you to help me by changing my heart. God, would you turn me into a new creature? Would you make me into a new person? by by fixing me at the heart level. God, if that prayer is real, if it's sincere, I know you hear it. And I believe that you can do a miracle right there in their living room, right there in their hotel room. God, would you change somebody and make them into a new person for the first time? But maybe there's some Christians that are watching this that haven't been enjoying their walk with Jesus lately. Life has just become stale and it's become mundane. God, would you remind them this week of just how good you are? Remind them of how you feel about them. Help them this week to enjoy a few minutes of their relationship with you every day. God, maybe somebody is really struggling with worry. Maybe there's some doubts and some difficulties that they're going through. And worry has started to creep in and it started to push the joy out. And God, that's the case. Would you help my sister or my brother Uh, who are struggling with this right now, would you help them to just put that worry back in your hands and to free themselves of that worry so that they can enjoy the abundant life that you have for them here on planet Earth? God, would you do what only you can do right now? Would you work in the heart of your people? And then would you give us the privilege of learning about it as they reach out to us? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.